finally, key point number three. Key point number three is this, that Jesus fulfills the promise of being blessed or cursed. Jesus fulfills the promise of being blessed or cursed. In other words, you've got a choice to make. Do you want to have a life that is blessed or do you want to have a life that is cursed? And he's saying, the choice is up to you. Jesus fulfills that promise. He is saying, you're going to have one or the other. You can choose a life of blessing or you can choose a life of cursing. Let's pick back up uh, verse 20. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Now let's pause there for a moment. Are you familiar with the word remedial? Remedial. Uh, it, it comes from the root word remedy. The idea of remedial teaching is to correct or to remedy what someone else or what someone has, has previously learned. If someone has, has learned something, but what they have learned is, is either wrong or the process was wrong, then you have to have some remedial teaching. And it may involve unlearning some things. Now, most of those who were listening to Jesus teach, they already had preconceived ideas of what it means to be blessed. And a lot of what Jesus is having to do here with his own disciples, as well as those in the crowd, is some remedial teaching, some, some teaching that is going to help them unlearn some things and to remedy some maybe false ideas or wrong thinking. Now, if you, if you were to, to consider this crowd, like I said, most of those who were listening to Jesus, they already had preconceived ideas of what it means to be blessed. You were to ask them, they would suggest things like uh, long life and lots of money or wealth, uh, perhaps a large family or a big farm with lots of livestock. And of course, let's not forget the defeat of their enemies. You know, if, if you were to ask any of them, what does a life that's blessed look like? Undoubtedly, all or some of those things would come to mind. Now, while those things can certainly be a blessing, long life can be a blessing. Uh, lots of wealth can be a blessing. Large family, all of those things are, are certainly blessings. But hear me on this. Jesus explains that genuine blessing is greater than these things. A truly blessed life is not found in accumulating stuff. A truly blessed life is not found in doing the right things. So let me say that again. If a blessed life is not getting or accumulating stuff, if a blessed life is not doing 
or doing the right things or avoiding the wrong things, if that's not where blessing is found, where is it found? It's found in being. It's not the getting, it's not the doing, it's simply being. It is found in our relationship with God, being in relationship with him, abiding in our relationship with the Lord. So Jesus was not teaching that things such as hunger or poverty or persecution, he's not saying that those things were the blessing. No, the blessing is found in our attitude through those circumstances. When we find ourselves hungry, what is our attitude in those moments? When we find ourselves being persecuted, we can find the blessing through our attitude about those things. What is our attitude toward poverty? See, even though those circumstances might be difficult, we can still be blessed based upon our attitude and abiding relationship with Christ. Now, let's consider this. Then he, he follows that up with, in verse 24, some woes. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. In other words, what is your attitude when circumstances aren't the best? When circumstances are difficult, do you realize that even in the midst of some of the most difficult circumstances, you can still be blessed? Let's pick back up verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods and do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, what is your attitude toward the people around us? 
You want your life to be blessed? You will be blessed if your attitude produces the character of God. Your attitude should produce the character of God. Then let's continue, verse 30, 39. And Jesus spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Do you remember how I said in the previous chapter, chapter 5, the, the Pharisees saw themselves as the standard by which other people should live? That's really what Jesus is getting at here. That's what he's addressing. He is addressing how the Pharisees just looked at themselves as the standard by which other people should live. And they would see the, that speck of dust in someone else's eye. And they would, they would want to, that person to, to live as they do. And they ignored the plank in their own eye. They didn't even recognize it. They didn't acknowledge it. It's as if they, they, were, uh, they were ignorant of their own sinful nature. Now, I want you to hear me on this. Jesus is not saying that we should not have discernment in this passage. He's not saying that we should not help others who are struggling with sin. Well, here's what he's doing. He is reminding us that the gospel should prompt us to first examine our own heart. That's what the gospel does. The gospel should prompt us to examine our own heart. And then we pick back up at verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. And we come to the end of the chapter. Let me ask you a question. Do you want your life to be blessed? Then the choice is yours. But it's found in your obedience to the Lord. If you want your life to be blessed, listen to what the Lord is teaching. Obey him. Follow him. Allow that abiding relationship to, to be a part of your choices 
in the life that you live. You want your life to be blessed? Obey the Lord. When you obey the Lord, it does not matter what storms come your way because you will be blessed through them. Let me ask you another question. Do you want your life to be cursed? I hope not. But do you want your life to be cursed? If, if so, then ignore the Lord. Ignore him. Don't listen to what he's saying. When you ignore God, the end result is always destruction. Just what we've seen in the parable that Jesus just shared. You want your life to be blessed even in the midst of a storm? Then listen to the Lord. You want your life to be cursed? Then ignore what he says. Ignore what he says. And the end result is that everything ends in destruction. The blessing that Christ has to offer, it's not temporary. It can, it can surpass the, 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 the storms of life. It can help us through that. But hear me on this. The blessing that Christ offers goes way beyond that and goes with us into eternity. And that leads me to one last thought. Jesus is making all things new. He can even give you a new heart. Revelation 21.5 says, Then he, that's Jesus, who sat on the throne, said, Behold, I make all things new. And Jesus said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Let's pray. 